good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius, and once again, Chris is not here again this week. And he'll be back again next week as he didn't join us on Wednesday's episode. But he'll be back better than ever, rest assured. You know, here we are, day one of the draft, the first round in the books. And the top half of the draft, as interesting as it was, kind of semi went the way it did. A couple of surprises. You know, Lawrence and Wilson, we knew that. But let, let's start with the, the quarterbacks. Because, because with San Francisco, they chose Trey Lance. And given the two options that they were reportedly going with, Mac Jones or Trey Lance, they made the right call simply because they're just things, simply put, that Trey Lance can do that Mac Jones can't. And it's all about system filling. It's like I said on Wednesday's episode that I talked about before the draft. This is that even though I felt like Justin Fields, who we're definitely going to talk about in a minute, was potentially the second best quarterback in this draft, that does not necessarily will correlate onto the draft board because it's team needs and then also team fit. And... More importantly, the Jets were just kind of set on Zach Wilson the same way that Jack Miller was set on Trevor Lawrence. So with San Francisco, you know, and a guy in Trey Lance, it's a great story. This guy coming out, you know, 17 career games. He only played one game, one game of football last year. Like, think about that. He played one game of football last year. And here he is, the third overall pick in the draft. And for the third time in draft history, three quarterbacks go back to back to back. So now, with San Francisco, you know, I think Jimmy G's going to be the starter. And at some point, they they will hand it over to Trey Lance. Unless they get blown away by an offer. But at this point, Jimmy G's market value. I think the quarterback market, market value now you know, post-draft is going to be very interesting because you still may have a team or two, maybe, that could be looking at their quarterback situation, maybe feeling much more confident, less confident, or not confident at all. But speaking of teams that who, who walked away comfortable, to me, if you want a winner of this draft, it's the Chicago Bears. The Bears, I really didn't think they had it in them. I don't think a lot of people did. They went up, traded up, and to me, got the best quarterback available after Lawrence and when Wilson, you know, off the board. They went to me, they got, they got Justin Fields. And I'm not questioning, and I go go back to San Francisco, and, and I go, what are the things that Trey Lance can do that Justin Fields can't because to me that's the question and to me not drafting Justin Fields if you're San Francisco that to me is a question mark I don't hate the pick but if you're going with the best quarterback available 
and he fits your system. He can, he's mobile. He can move out of the pocket. He, he has a great arm. But you go with a guy, listen, not knocking Trey Lance, but the fact of the matter is, is that Justin Fields was going to fall. But for someone to trade up, and, th- and for the record, this was all Mad Nagy. I think Mad Nagy went to Ryan Pace and said, you need to pick up the phone and call. You need to make a phone call. You need to call the Giants. Because what he saw happening was that once Denver went with Patrick Sertan II, when they went with Patrick Sertan, in the mind of Matt Nagy, that said, we can get Justin Fields. We can get up and get Justin Fields. And that's exactly what happened. You're getting a guy who, in all reality, is probably the best quarterback Chicago has drafted in some time. I don't think it's hyperbole. I don't think it's one of those straw man type rhetoric. I do believe that this is the best quarterback they've drafted. Because you're getting a guy who has minimal flaws. And if you have a if you have a guy named Andy Dalton who listen, he's a transitional, he's a bridge quarterback now. Because if people are like, oh, is this fair to Andy Dalton? It's not about what's fair here. Is that Andy Dalton, everybody in Chicago knew that the reason why Andy Dalton was signed was because they couldn't get Russell Wilson. They couldn't trade for Derek Carr. And then the free agent quarterback market was not ideal. And they got the best quarterback on the market. So when people say QB1, listen, you can read a room. And I think the room was read by Matt Nagy and said, listen, we love Andy Dalton. But if we can get Justin Fields and have him be the guy for the next decade, you make that move. And you had to take a chance. You, you had to move up in this draft to get a, at least one of these guys. And Justin Fields was the one that was got traded up for. So that I like. And then if you're in New England, and, and this is what I say. New England didn't have to do anything. In the in a Bill Belichick way, you knew. And here's the thing. Here's how Bill Belichick knew that they were going to get Mac Jones. Because you saw the Jets trade up with the Vikings. You knew Dallas and the Chargers at 12 and 13 respectively. After they traded down with Philly, which we'll get to in a minute, they knew Mac Jones is our guy. Now, Mac Jones to me fits the system. Because to me, this is about system. This is not about, listen, I've said it. The reason why I was able to, to say that Justin Fields was potentially the second best quarter because he fits he fits a lot of systems now in the way that teams are playing. You need a guy who has somewhat of a degree of mobility and most systems are geared toward that. You saw what happened in Seattle. When Seattle with Russell Wilson, you saw 
how the game changed. You saw the offense change. And you saw how, listen, Pete Carroll, and at that time, yeah, you know, Brian Schottenheimer, listen, they understood that, hey, Russ, you got to let Russ be Russ. And I think you needed, an, I think an offense is like the one in San Francisco and the one you're going to see now in Chicago. You let, <laughs> you're going to let Fields field. Because I, I get tired of the narrative when people say that, well, when it comes to quarterbacks, well, well, you know, you just get the best quarterback on the board. And, and, and sure, but it's about system because I think most of us can agree that if we rank the quarterbacks in this draft as Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance, Mac Jones. Now, did they go in that order? No. Because I used the example in the paradigm of when Cam Newton was drafted number one overall. Cam Newton was not the best player in the draft. He was the best quarterback, and they needed a system. They needed a direction. You draft a quarterback for one of two reasons, to fit your system or to create a new system. You get a new regime. And essentially, Mac Jones fits what Bill Belichick can do because we've seen Bill Belichick, we saw Josh McDaniels, we saw what they could do with a mobile guy like Cam Newton, not the most accurate guy in the world, because that's not how, that's not their offense. It's, I remember years ago, and I'm a Gators fan, when Urban Meyer, going full circle, I remember there was a game, and I think it was against Tennessee, and, and I kind of knew it was curtains up for Urban Meyer because this was John Bradley, the quarterback that succeeded Tim Tebow. They were still doing Tim Tebow stuff with John Bradley. I'm like, that doesn't work. You have to have a guy that fits your system. John Bradley, good dude, just didn't fit the system. And that's and in the NFL, it's no different. In college, it's no different. So that's why Justin Fields fell was because in the eyes of Kyle Shanahan, he didn't fit the system, which I think it's a little. I'm not saying Kyle Shanahan's. I'm not going to question his offense prowess whatsoever, but what the Bears got now, they had something that they didn't have going to this draft. They had two things that they didn't have before going in and then after that they got. They have a future. And, then, and potentially, they have a chance where you're saying, hey, we can we can be good and we can be great once again. Because when you look at the NFC North, it's not that far-fetched to see. And, I, and let's talk about the NFC North really quickly. Because there's a couple of interesting things there. And I think there was two winners, you know, three winners and a loser. I think, look, Green Bay... You know, Aaron Rodgers wants out, and I see why he wants out. Because they get it. Listen, Eric Stokes, the corner from Georgia, listen, good guy. You can put him in Jair Exempt. That, that's great. But what's the one thing that Aaron Rodgers has complained about was not getting a receiver? And you had, you know, guys that potentially could be drafted in day two, like Rondale Moore. You had Elijah Moore. 
you know, you had Terrence Marshall. You had options to get receivers. And to get a receiver, and you went corner to make a statement to basically say, yeah, we, we still don't care. Because, and I'll say this and I'll say it again for you in the show. The secondary position is very deep in this draft. So, if you were a team and you have two priorities, you look at the position that lacks the depth and get the best player at that position. As opposed to just picking a guy who's not even the best available player at that position. To me, if they would have got a Sante Samuel Jr., we maybe not have we're, we're not having this conversation. We're not having the conversation. The fact of the matter is the reason why Aaron Rodgers wants out is because of this reason. Because as great as Devontae Adams is, as and but you still Alan Lazard, you know, scantling. You could have got a receiver. And it'd be like, oh yeah, you could have got a, a, a receiver and walked away happy. Because the fact of the matter is. I get why I get why Aaron Rodgers wants out, and this is not the first time he's wanted. I think he really wants out, but like I said, the Packers hold the control; they hold the power. And what you know, depending on what they want in return, I just feel as much as I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks of our generation. He's 38 years old, and his contract is not you know friendly to a lot of cap. You know, they're it's not friendly. His cap number is not friendly to a lot of teams. And you only trade for Aaron Rodgers unless you feel Aaron Rodgers can get you to a Super Bowl. And I think the only team that would have been feasible for was the 49ers. Because you put Aaron Rodgers on the Niners, we can have a conversation. But mortgaging your future for a 38-year-old quarterback as opposed to maybe Russell Wilson, who's a little bit younger, I I can get that. But notice why they both stay put because you're not going to get equal value. And plus, especially if you're Green Bay, you know, Jordan Love's not ready. But he might have to be. He hasn't taken a snap yet. So that's Green Bay. And you look at the Minnesota Vikings, who I always say are a complete rebuild mode. And I said on Twitter, and I said it on the pre, you know, Wednesday, is I said that, listen, they need to be in the market for a quarterback because for a team that's rebuilding, Kirk Cousins' cap number is just way too high for me. It's way too high. You know, essentially, you you trade him after June 1st, you save over $20 million on your cap. That's a no-brainer. You eat some of that up and, and, and to get rid of him. And you draft a guy, and there's, listen, there's options. You got Davis Mills. Out of Stanford, you got Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M, Kyle Trask out of Florida. Am I saying that quarterback is an immediate need? No. But if you're rebuilding, your quarterback has a high cap number and he's 33? And do you want that when you're clearly rebuilding? You know, in, in this draft, you're rebuilding. So that, that that's, to me, Minnesota's situation. And by the way, had a great draft. Listen, uh, philosophy, what they learned, they traded back. Still got a great player in Darisaw from Virginia Tech, by the way. Solid offensive line. And then we go to Detroit. 
in Jericho. I've always I've stood up and I said, well, Jericho could end up being the second best quarterback in this group. Excuse me, in this division. Because the fact of the matter is, where Jared Goff fell off is that when you give people something before it's time, not everybody can handle it. And I felt what happened is that, you know, what you're seeing teams doing now, you exercise that fifth-year option that gets you to see, you get to see what's, do you want to invest it's like essentially a presentation you're at a meeting and you have a bunch of investors do you want them to invest and essentially in this case listen Jared Goff you know listen the owner is essentially, is essentially the investor along with the head coach they invested in him and the investment did not turn out great is that Jared Goff's fault no but when you pay him too early he got the money so there was no i'm not going to say edge but he 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 kind of curtailed off you could say is, is it a causation or a correlation that between him getting paid and his play that's that's discussion for another day but going out and getting someone to help him and penne sewell ensures that you're investing in your quarterback you, as long as they went offense last night, I was happy. That's a win for that for that or the organization. And then now we shift back to the Bears. For the record, the Bears won this division with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Let's be clear. I've always said that I've been a Matt Nagy guy simply because people are like, well, he worked with Patrick Mahomes, but no. I said, well, listen. Look how great Patrick Mahomes was. He had an MVP year. And, you know, and, and a lot of that attributed to Matt Nagy's presence there and not there. You know, his influence. Matt Nagy got a quarterback. That was the goal. Andy Dalton was never going to be the answer. And I don't want, you know, if Bear fans, listen, he was never going to be the long-term answer. Never. As great as the Red Rifle is, he was never going to be your long-term answer. Period. Because the fact of the matter is, that that move, trading up, that was Matt Nagy telling Ryan Pace, listen, get me my guy. Because Ryan Pace whiffed on Patrick Mahomes. He whiffed on Deshaun Watson. And traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. Matt Nagy knows... Listen, he he saw a situation where you grab your guy. I'm not saying he thinks Fields is going to be the next Mahomes, but he knew this Fields kid was special. Because like I've been talking about, a lot of guys have been talking about, is that where's the flaws? It's, it goes to the fact that you can't listen to, you can't listen and entertain everything you read, hear, or see. You can't. You have to look at it in the proper context. Like his work ethic. Yeah, listen, his head coach, Ohio, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say it again because I said it on Wednesday's episode. You can check that out. I said it then and I'll say it again now. When the college head coach, listen, they have incentive to say, oh, yeah, yeah, to boost the guy up. That wasn't the case. What he was doing was was telling you, this Fields kid is great. You got to snatch him. He didn't do that for Dwayne Haskins. And listen, 
and 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 look look what Dwayne Haskins he's backing up Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. So I'll leave. So that to me is that. But when you look at teams who who won, like to me, I want to talk about the Eagles for a minute. Because to me, I, I'm not an Eagles fan, I'm a Falcons fan. Who, by the way, got the best player on the draft, Kyle Pitts. Future, listen, that guy's a stud. I'm not going to, you know, listen, I, I bragged about him a lot of weeks on this show. But you, 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 you guys will see. My point here is with Howie Roseman. He had to get, he had to walk away out of this draft with one of three positions. Either a top wide receiver, a top corner, or a top offensive lineman. Because he could not walk out of that door. He couldn't if he didn't draft any one of those things. He... Like he, he couldn't. He he would have been ran out of town. And he went up and got Devontae Smith, who to me was the third, second, third best receiver. Listen, build around your quarterback. Listen, drafting Jalen Hurts, listen, that's over. He's there. The reality is now you focus on making him better by surrounding him with talent. Because at the end of the day, listen, the whole thing with Doug Peterson and the whole wins and started, listen, when Jalen Hurts started, you had a sample size. And and you're like, this Hurts kid could be okay if we build around him. Like, listen, Peyton Manning led the league. He, he, he threw 28 interceptions. His rookie year. And he and he's getting a gold jacket. Why, why do I say that? I say that because, look, you can't judge year one of a rookie quarterback. Like, listen, not everybody has the year that Justin Herbert had. No one. So, going back to Jalen Hurts, you build around him. I defended him. I said, listen, I had a, had a first-round grade on him the year he came out. Years ago, I had a first round grade on it. I thought he was going to be that good. Get a low, to me, he was a low first, early second round pick. And he got he and he got drafted in the second round. So, the the problem that Eagles fans have is is that here we are again. Now, what's how are we going to do? How we had to walk away with a receiver, an offensive lineman, or a top corner. They're, they're in positions of need. And he did that. And he won. And when you when you look at the overall of the first round of this draft, listen, I, I'm going to say this. There are two teams who really whiffed. Like, there are a couple of picks. You no, know, I'll say three. There are three teams that really whiffed. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There were three that whiffed. One, I'm like, uh, okay, I get it. The very first team, listen, if you're the Raiders, Alex, listen, nothing against Alex Leatherwood. Let, let's be clear. But when your defense was that abort and hard to watch, and once again, offensive line has a lot of depth. 
and you get a guy who you, you this you, you essentially passed on you you could have got a, a quality you could have got leather you could have got leatherwood in the second round or got somebody else you know I got Tevin Jenkins Jenkins Dylan Raddatz I'd have been okay with that I'd have been okay with that but I think your defense is that bad you can't go offensive line and to me the the, the second team and and this is Listen, if you're Jackson, listen, Travis Etienne is a great player. He's a good, great collegiate run. He's a great running back. But we're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you had a guy in James Robinson who's a very, very good running back. You have so many more positions of need. You could have legit went and got a receiver. You could have got a Rashad Bateman like the Ravens smartly did. You could have got Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. Terrence Marshall. You could have went defense, got an edge player. Aziz Ujari is from Georgia, is still on the board. You know, Jeremiah Owensu Korma, still on the board. Linebacker safety. Trevor Mooring, safety. Asante Samuel Jr., somehow still on the board. Christian Barmore, still on the board. Those are things you need. A running back is a position of, not of necessity, but of want. You wanted him. You didn't need him. You just wanted him. And when you're drafting and when you're one of 15, you need to focus on the necessity end, not the want end. You know what teams could focus on what they want? Because, listen, Tampa with a linebacker, Joe Tryon, listen, it doesn't matter. Buffalo Bills, Russo, that's a want. So, Pittsburgh, Najee Harris, that's, they wanted him. They didn't need him, but listen, you could be like, okay, they wanted him. And they got it, and it fits, and it makes sense. And nobody's complaining. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguar, and I'm not bashing them, but I want people to understand here is that when you're 1-15, do what the, the Jets traded up and got Alicia Vera Tucker, the guy to guard, to help Zach Wilson. I'm not saying, and I was talking to someone, Ryan Michael on Twitter, great follower. And we, we, we had a discussion, and we kind of talked about that. You have to take a risk, like trade up, and get the player that you want. Rondell Moore was sitting there. Elijah Moore was sitting there. Great defensive player, that edge player was sitting there. Cool. And, 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 you, and you went with, because you wanted him, and this, look, it, to me, it just wasn't a great move. And, and the final decision is, listen, Peyton Turner out of Houston could be, it's got to be a Pro Bowl, it could be a Hall of Fame guy. But once again, when defensive end player, and by the way, did, did I mention how deep the edge position is? They could have got Olajari, they could have got Osai, they could, you know, excuse me, they could have got Joseph Osai from Texas, they could have got, listen, Aziz Olajari, as I mentioned earlier, from Georgia. It's deep enough where you could have looked okay. But if you're the Saints, I think what you learned is, is that they reached. And listen, I think they reached, I think they really did want an edge player. 
they wanted somebody on the end on, on you know in that front seven and, and they and they blew it they blew it and I feel you know, a couple of picks that I liked on the back end Cleveland listen that defense that back end wasn't great Greg Newsom at a Northwestern great value at that position at 26 I really 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 love teams that traded back listen like I said earlier, the Vikings traded back and got Darisol. Listen, Miami got a great defensive end, Jalen Phillips. Jamin Davis, linebacker. Yeah, it was kind of a shocker, but listen. I I trust Ron Rivera. And could they have gotten Corsaw? Sure. But to me, it's not that outlandish. It may not be a it may not be a boom pick. Because listen. If Xavier Collins was still available, they probably would have got him, but the Cardinals got it. And the Dallas Cowboys went out and got a linebacker. They addressed the defense. That pick was going to be defense, whether it would have been a corner or a linebacker. So overall, I, I think a lot of teams won. A couple of teams lost big, as I mentioned earlier. You know, listen, if, if you're a Saints fan right now, if you're... Packers fan right now, even the Jaguars were in the back end. There's some concern. You felt if you're a Raiders fan, yeah, I'd be super concerned. Super concerned. But as we shift into the day two, which which will be on a couple hours from now, listen, there's a lot of talent. As I mentioned earlier, listen, if you need safety help, if you need you know front help. On either side of the ball, it's there. Great, listen, Terrence Marshall, great receivers, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. Listen, guard, you know, listen, for the sake of my, you know, a friend of mine, Jeff Sharon, he, big UCF guy, great guy, you know, black and gold banneret, check it out. Great stuff. Listen, he said a UCF player is going to be drafted. It might be drafted today. <laughs> Richie Grant, safety from UCF, great value there. Aaron Robinson corner from UCF, great value there. But before we wrap up, these quarterbacks. And this Chris is not here. Chris had a very interesting concept of where these, you know, especially where Kyle Trask could land. Kyle Trask could land. And you take Chicago out of it. I think my Falcons, listen, if you want to get a guy to build, listen, to sit behind and learn, I have no problem. If you're Atlanta. If you look at a team like Washington, you need to get a quarterback today and you may have to trade up maybe potentially to get one but but please go out and get it and and at the end of the day you know those are a couple of teams that he he had and and i think it's interesting because when you look at and even pittsburgh so if you're pittsburgh you're washington atlanta and i still throw minnesota in there i still do so you know, for Davis Mills, Kyle Trask, and Kellamont, I think you might see a run. Eight quarterbacks in two days. So, it's impressive as it is. And before we close, I want to say, like and subscribe to this podcast. Listen to this episode and every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And check us out on social media at Sports the World on Twitter and Instagram. Check out our Facebook page, Sports in the World, and join our group there as well. We do daily polls and have and questions of that nature. And check me out on social media at Ladarius underscore Brown on Twitter, at Ladarius double underscore Brown on Instagram. And until I hear you and you hear me again, next week I'm Ladarius Brown. Be real, be you, be blessed, be safe, and enjoy day two and the rest of the NFL draft. <laughs>